currently running on Kickstarter from creator David M. Brown of Fifth Dimension Comics and Shannon Gretz, creator of the disgruntled Avenger, comes Chuler. Chuler is the balls-to-the-wall action-packed comedy tale of a former spec ops general who is called out of retirement by Grandmother Supreme, a supercomputer who is in charge of the United States to stop an eccentric millionaire who is planning to bring Adolf Hitler back to life for his own gain. Chuler, the 88-page graphic novel running on Kickstarter until November 12th. You can receive up to 15 comics from Fifth Dimension and Expastic Comics for backing this project. So check out and back Chuler on kickstarter.com. Welcome to the Halloween episode of Candair, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I am Jack Doherty. I'm Jeff Holden. And we have one hell of a good show for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff like we normally do to start the episode. Then we're going to uh, tell some scary tales. It's Halloween. Yes. And we're going to, kind of like we did last year with the tales, just, yep. uh, just update it a little bit. And then we're going to end... The episode with our interview with Sonya Thompson of The Walking Dead and Zombieland. So you guys excited for Halloween? Yeah. Do anything special on Halloween? I turn off the light and eat the candy for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Kids knocking on the door. Sir, can I get some candy? Go away. Luckily, I got like a hundred foot driveway, so it's too dark and creepy. The bus. Really, the way our road is, people don't trick or treat on our at our house anymore. Really? Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't, we don't ever have people come to the door here, and you think we would, but uh, yeah, we don't. So I'm kind of grateful for that. <laughs> I think you don't get any at your house, do you? Oh, yeah. No one goes to the complexes; they go to the ritzy areas. What yeah. are you trying to say, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the good candy is. Yeah. <laughs> All righty, well, let's just jump right into this. Uh, the first thing we have to talk about today is the Age of Ultron trailer has been released or leaked right and then it was officially released yeah they decided well we might as well go ahead and put it out since it's <laughs> not a surprise anymore it. Ho hum. <laughs> <laughs> what'd you guys think i can't wait to see it uh, it looked awesome didn't it mm-hmm. jeff what'd you think Ugh. i'm just kidding no actually, i actually want to see it i, <laughs> I was just to gonna say, say get out yeah. <laughs> you're done out <laughs> i do want to see it it was pretty hyped up it's weird seeing Ultron's mouth move. Yeah. Yeah. Was... And, you know, after when it was first leaked, it was that real low res uh, trailer. And then after they put the HD one out and I got to look at that scene better, not only are, is his mouth moving, but his eyebrows and everything are moving too, like full face functions. It, I don't know if I, I, I like that. I don't that. Yeah. I Did don't... they really do that? What's that? His eyebrows? Yeah. I think so, yeah. In the trailer, yeah. I mean, you can see his, like, eye movement. Maybe they, I mean, he doesn't have, like, a, like, <laughs> just a, like just metal a eyebrows. Static <laughs> eyebrow that just raises up and down like a, a puppet. <laughs> like, like, like frayed uh, sheet metal, like, sticking out. <laughs> like a freaking, uh, what was it, a Power Ranger villain. 
So, yeah. Oh yeah, no, nothing like that. This this looks cool. This <laughs> looks really cool. And uh, what was the the trailer at Comic Con that was released that we we hadn't even seen was uh, the Avengers all sitting around drinking, seeing if they they're taking turns seeing who if anyone can lift Thor's hammer. Yeah. And Doing then shenanigans. Yeah. And then out of the corner of the room walks the first uh, model of Ultron. Mm-hmm. And you see a snippet of that in this trailer. When he comes walking out, he's all limping around. Uh, yeah, and he picks up the the other body and just crushes it. Yeah, it looks awesome. What I didn't see any vision in the trailer. Did no, I either think they're going to hold off on that until the actual movie. Got to keep some of it secret, yeah. right? Yep. They showed the Hulkbuster suit, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. I didn't think Tony was going to be an Iron Man suit in an Iron Man suit, though. That was kind of caught me off guard. I, I don't know much about Hulkbuster suit, so... Uh, I thought it was just a regular suit, just huge, big enough to take Hulk. Yeah, well, that's it, what I thought, too. It looked awesome, though. Uh, what else was there? There's... I can't wait to see the toy, like I was telling you. They had that... Yes. It was a lineup, like, of scales, like, of what the size of the, the, the characters are for the the toy line that's going to come out in Age right. Ultron, or not Ultron, but... The Hulkbuster was it was all blanked out so you couldn't really see the detail. But it was like eighteen inches tall compared to the mm-hmm. figures that were like six. So did they make the Incredible Hulk one six inches or is he gonna be He big? was he's around one well, maybe it wasn't eight. I hope they make the Hulk figure to scale with the Hulkbuster. Uh, Hulkbuster was still be a little a bit bigger. Boring playing experience for children. I think Hulk was like ten and then Hulkbuster was like around twelve or thirteen. It was significantly bigger. He was huge. I'm going to have to own that. <laughs> yeah. I'm running out of shelf space here. Another thing I saw was it looked like uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are working with Ultron. Yeah, there is that picture. Yeah, that maybe part. that's already known, but I didn't know that. Uh, that caught me off guard a little bit, so we'll see how that plays out. Unless, I don't know, they, they're blindly helping them somehow. Cause Probably. Maybe on, uh, they get, get away from uh, Hydra. Oh, yeah. The end of Captain America 2. They were oh, that's right. When they were in the cages, and yeah. what do they call those? Just the Easter eggs after, 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 after credit scenes. Yeah, yeah. It's a spoiler for anybody. Come Boy, on, that know. came out last <laughs> summer. Yeah, you've had enough time to watch it. If not, <laughs> TS. Anyway, anything else on that? TS. TS. Tough shit. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anything else on that? <laughs> yeah, even though that it will have already been known, but I guess Marvel's going to release something different. All oh, right. Ages of Shield this week. I'm hoping so. That's the best thing that could have happened. Now we get uh, two two sneak peeks at the movie instead of just one as it was originally planned. Maybe it'll be the Comic-Con trailer. Ooh, that'd be cool. Here's hoping. All right. So next thing up is the Batman 75th anniversary cartoon short on YouTube called Strange Days. And this was made by Bruce Timm, uh, creator of the original animated series. What would you guys think of it? it was I like good. it, man. It was awesome. I loved the black and white feel. Uh, like we were saying, kind of felt like an old serial from back in the day. The bat plane reminded me of old comics, <laughs> yes. too. Just the way that thing looked with the big propeller in the front. Yeah. Big machine guns. Did they have a plane in the Adam West series? I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I don't think he did. <laughs> was it a helicopter? It was a helicopter. Yeah, you're right. a big old bubble front helicopter. <laughs> Just a mash helicopter. The wings on that plane were awesome. That, that plane yeah. was cool. Very simplistic, but very cool. Mm-hmm. But it looks like he's up against uh, Hugo Strange and what appears to be Solomon Grundy, I think. Is that who that was to you guys? I don't know. That, that's what he looked like. It has to be the only giant, big zombie guy. I've just never seen universe. him wearing like that big hat and the trench coat or anything. It's a sun hat. <laughs> Even Solomon Grundy has to keep the sun out of his eyes, right? Solomon Grundy want pants too. 
What was that from again? <laughs> that was a Super Friends parody from Cartoon Network. Oh, it was there. a commercial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Way back when. Gotta get a pair of pants. What was it? The, like the League of the Just or the League, the of, League Doom. of Doom? Yeah, yeah. they're having a meeting and they kept interrupting Lex Luthor. Like they're all complaining about things they need to yeah. defeat the Justice. Brainiac <laughs> just wanted a pair of pants, and then everyone else was jumping in on it too. I'm going to find that. That's definitely going on the end of this episode. <laughs> That's so funny. But check it out. It was definitely cool. I think I definitely heard Kevin Conroy's voice in there, even though yeah, it was like yeah. two words, the whole thing. It might have been time. that guy from the Arkham... Was it the Arkham... The newest Arkham game that came out? Because that be. wasn't Kevin Conroy, but he sounded a lot like him. And that woman's voice kind of reminded me of Harley. I didn't even pick up on that. No, yeah, like her either. voice is very subtle. It's not the high-pitched version of it, but you can still hear that tone in her voice. It just sounded just like her. Huh. I did, I'll have to watch it again. I didn't get that. Mm-mm. All right, moving on. Um, Simpsons have found themselves in a little bit of trouble as of late. Yeah, right? I don't think that's going to go anywhere. I, I sure hope not. A $250 million lawsuit against Fox Television Studios has been placed by Frank Severo, who played uh, in the Godfellows as the character of Frank. Goodfellas. What I say? Godfellows. Did I? <laughs> shit. I got my shit all mixed up here. Godfellows. <laughs> Like a Christian equivalent. (laughs) (laughs) No pray for you. (laughs) Frank Severo, who played uh, in The Goodfellas as the character Frankie Carbone, has filed a $250 million lawsuit against Fox Television Studios for basing one of the Simpsons mod characters, Louie, on his likeness. Now, how long has this character been around? Uh, Yeah, have you heard about it? No. I'm going to pull up a picture of it. The character's been around forever. Yeah, I think, how long did they say? I forgot to write that down, but uh, every bit of 20 years ago, it was maybe, you know, in the first few seasons, I think they debuted him, but he does look just like him. Yeah, I I think I've always thought that too, and if I've ever seen what's the real guy in a movie, that it always reminds me. Hey, it's Louie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, allegedly, uh, Severo lived next door to some of the Simpsons writers, years back when the show was brand new so he's thinking you know all oh, these writers are taking my likeness to do this mod character even if that were the case even if you were pissed off why you wait until now to do it exactly right. all these years later it's broke yeah your good fellow's money is all gone <laughs> 250 million though i don't think he'll ever get that though no. they'll probably settle, settle something. with something yeah. much less and he'll probably be like "Ooh, any money i'll take it i could be wrong maybe he's not broke but pay him in gift cards that's sort of exactly what I thought it was, too. Yeah. When I heard the name. There he is, right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spitting image, isn't yeah. it? It's, it is, it's actually. Right down good. There, there's the Simpsons character. <laughs> Minus the eyebrows. Minus oh. the eyebrows. Yeah. It's horrible. I'm still on the side of the Simpsons here, yeah, right? Me, too. Uh, yeah. me, too. But, yeah, there is a very... Wow. But that's what the Simpsons do, you know? I mean, Krusty the Clown's supposed to be Bozo the Clown, you know, a, a take of him. Who else? There are other characters and like that. And if it's a parody, there's... I don't think you have to have any kind of... Yeah. Legal whatever to, to keep you from getting in trouble. Yeah, like Family Guy. Jesus. Well, Weird Al. Everything on Family Guy. Weird Al. I don't think he had to get any kind of licensing to parody any of those songs. You know, I read... he. You're right. He doesn't have to get any permission. But he... Uh, I saw him on Tom Green Live on uh, Axis, I think it was. 
not a bad show, but uh, he was on there talking about that. And though he doesn't have to get permission, he still goes to all these people. Make sure it's okay. And yeah. make sure it yeah. makes sure it's okay. And he said there was only one person, and I don't remember who it was. Maybe one person throughout his career that said no. But who yeah. was it? I, I just said I don't remember who it was. <laughs> Damn it! We're rooting for you, Simpsons. Yeah. Hold strong. Yeah. <laughs> don't give in. Couldn't believe it when I saw it. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, so Friday, I was sitting at my computer and the news was on, and I think it was on the World News or something like that. And really? They were talking about that, and I was like, "Misty, listen to this bullshit." <laughs> and she was totally against it too. Did you mention the uh, Treehouse Horror? Did you guys watch it? No, nah, he watched it. I watched it. Yeah. Um, Did you see the alternate universe versions of it? Yes. What'd you think? I thought it was funny. I thought it was funny too. I uh, actually thought the the first part of it too was funny with uh, Bart going to hell. Yes, and he's like a plus student. Yeah, doing really well at his studies instead of here. So he's, they what? He drops out of regular school and he starts going to hell, uh, hell high or something like that. Yeah, and he was like, and he's like the teacher is like, I think I have the hots for teachers. Like you can do that down here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was it was a uh, good Treehouse of Horror. The last few yeah. years have been very sketchy. I don't know. You know, like you were just saying, The Simpsons have always been a parody show. But as of late, it seems like, I don't know, they lay it on too heavy. Like, I remember they did a parody of Downton Abbey. And they the whole episode had, like, that kind of music. The whole couch gag was made to look like the opening of Downton Abbey. It wasn't subtle. It was a blatant parody. Where in the past, whenever they parodized something... They didn't base the whole episode yeah. on right. the parody. It was exactly. just little bits and pieces here and like there. Like, think of the Sherry Bobbins episode. Yeah. Okay, we obviously know that's a parody of Mary Poppins, but... You know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was just too much. And I think they toned that down in this Halloween episode. It didn't seem like they were trying to uh, parody any kind of movie blatantly. It was just uh, it was just a fun... There were fun stories, I thought. That's what I thought, too. That's why I watched it. I was, like, really interested in it. Right. But the, uh, the whole alternate universe thing just kind of threw me off because... I like seeing their old versions talk to themselves. Right. Because it's some, like, some of the things that they were making fun of was stuff I had completely forgot about from the old series. <laughs> like the uh, frosted frosty chocolate milkshakes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God, I forgot about that. And then remember when uh, the doctor came in? I completely forgot. I thought he died. Oh, Marvin Monroe. <laughs> he did die. That's he why he die? came in. Okay. It was his ghost coming in. Because he was all saying, like, cholesterol got me. <laughs> well, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, we're going to see Bleeding Gums Murphy, Maude Flanders, <laughs> the, you know, everyone they've killed off. But uh, they use Maude Flanders in quite a few of the uh, past Treehouse horrors. Yeah. Oh. That weren't that great. This was a nice step up. Yeah. And the thing you were just talking about at the very end when they show all the different, uh, you know, like the Adventure Time incarnation, there was a... Anime carnation of the Simpsons, uh, I South broke that Park. One down. The anime one, I broke down. They did uh, five. Each character, each Simpson was a different character from the show. Really? Like Maggie came in, she was actually Pikachu. And then You're Lisa right. Came in, and she was Attack from the Titans. <laughs> Bart came in, he was Naruto. Homer came in, which shocked the hell out of me. He was uh, Zoro from um, One Piece. And then Marge came in, she was from Bleach. So I was just See, I didn't have thrown a clue away on any for myself, and I was like nerding out. I was like, "Holy shit!" That's why we need these anime people to sit <laughs> yeah. in, because I would have never caught that. Oh. The one thing I really loved though was the um, the very first incarnation, like the CG 3D <laughs> with Sam's little helper. Yes, it was so <laughs> smooth, and it was just kind of a parody to the the or a tribute, excuse me, rather to the original time they brought 3D Homer in. On the Halloween episode. Remember yeah. how out of this world that was to see the 3D Homer for the first time? 
and what a big deal they made of it. And now they just have the whole family like that. It's just like, yeah, it's no big deal. (laughs) I love that one, too. I do, too. I can make this jump. (laughs) (laughs) All because he was hiding from Patty and Selma behind a bookcase. (laughs) Great show. So I hope hope that uh, sets the tone for the rest of the season because the premiere wasn't... Uh, premiere wasn't good where they killed off Krusty's, oh, Krusty's dad. Day, yeah. Yeah, that almost made me, I'm not going to watch this anymore then. Yeah. I haven't watched it in years and I watched the season premiere and was just like pleasantly surprised with Treehouse of Horror though. So watch yeah. it if you haven't watched it. It was really good. It, it felt like an older one. I missed it because we were here doing the show. Awesome. And I didn't have it DVR'd or anything. I forgot about it. You can probably home. watch it on the internet, I'm sure. Yeah. Who yeah. has it? That's why I watched it. <laughs> Jeff and his Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, enough uh, geeking out on The Simpsons here. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It was a good episode. Uh, one more thing before we move on here. It's for all those Harry Potter fans out there. You're getting a very special Halloween treat coming up. Uh, on October 31st, J.K. Rowling is releasing a new story from the world of Harry Potter about the former headmistress, Dolores Umbridge. She was the one that uh, wore the pink dress and was very, very mean to the students. Oh, I think she yeah. like, hit I Harry. Hate, yeah, okay. I hated her. Why the hell yeah. would I want to read that? <laughs> well, I guess it's supposed to be um, kind of like a backstory. Like Why how she's she... like that now. Exactly. A coming to. But it's um, going to be, as far as I know, released for free on Pottermore.com. And I think it was like a 1,700-word story. So I don't think it's... A short story. Yeah, it's not going to be as long as uh, one of the books was. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, Harry Potter fans, get on Pottermore.com on the 31st and get your free book. All right, now that we're through all of our stories we have for this week, let's get on to the Halloween portion of our show. <laughs> oh, I like that crunch, Jeff. <laughs> and I think we'll just start our Halloween segments off with... Real World Heroes! Jack, who do we have this week? In honor of Halloween, we found a group of heroes to talk about in honor for the Wall of Justice. Nice. What do we got? They are Halloween. It's, they're called Halloween Heroes, and they're out of Australia. They encourage Australians of all ages to dare to dress up on Halloween and raise funds for a kid's helpline. Really? Mm-hmm. The kid's helpline is a free 24-hour counseling and support service for young people aged 5 to 25 years old. So what, what, they dress up and like go door-to-door collecting donations, or how does this work? They wear Halloween costumes and raise funds for kids' helpline to ensure kids don't have to wait for much heating help and support. It didn't really say what they do, it's just, I don't know if they go around door-to-door. Still, though, very noble uh, cause, right? Mm-hmm. I guess there, there's only really one hotline like this in all Australia, so well, I guess a lot of calls get unanswered because of it, just so... Wow. So people dressing up in costume and going out and raising money for needy children. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a hero to me. I think so, too. And for that, the Halloween heroes have found a spot on a wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. So thank you for your good deeds, Halloween heroes. (laughs) All right. You guys want to tell some creepy stories? They might have one or two. One or two. What about you, Jeff? I will go off the top of my head. All right, Jeff. Then from the top of your head, tell us a creepy story. Well, this one that I'm going to talk about is uh, actually a hometown story. Wait, this happened to you? Oh, thank God not. <laughs> but <laughs> has to do with the local hospital, which was always talked about during uh, high school and actually talked about on uh, 
like a local news service, which was weird. Now this was in uh, this is in California or is this in Ohio? Uh, actually, Fairfield, California. Yeah. Okay. The hospital that in regards to is I don't know if I'll get in trouble for even saying it, but it's North Bay Hospital. I know you've been there before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not a good hospital. No, huh? no, it's, it's <laughs> a horrible hospital. But the history is there. Okay. It was actually a back in the day. It was a hospital for. Um, it was actually part of the war. So, wow. I mean, this is how far back it goes. Like, you, they actually have a, a historian that came in and had photos of all the photos that they took during the war times. Um, like photos of patients, like, in the hospital? Or? Yep, photos of patients in the hospital, photos of uh, the actual site itself before it was turned into what I knew as Fairfield. Now, the story, it takes place actually from a... It, it was a fellow student of mine, and I, I won't say names. We'll just use a fake name. We'll just say... Um, Cindy Sue. I'll just go oh, with that. I thought you were going to go with Mervyn. No. Mer- I'll go with Mervyn. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say Mervyn was a girl, though. Because <laughs> I'll keep saying she. <laughs> she was actually in there for tonsillitis when she was in uh, the ninth grade. Her and her sister got the smart idea to go exploring in a hospital, though. Because they were on the other side of critical care, they wanted to ride the elevator to go down to see if they could find the cafeteria and whatnot. You know, kids. Always wanting food. (laughs) Well, they got into a hallway that was still being rebuilt. The hallway had barely had the lights. It had the emergency lights on, which helped them guide where they were going. So this was like a new addition? This was like a new wing to the hospital? Yeah, it was right when it was still being made, like to a larger wing. Right now, if if you were to take a look at pictures online, you'll see it was a really huge hospital. Okay. Um, But before, it was actually a small one building that you can go through. Going back to what them what them remaking this hallway, and I remember the hallway too, so I can remember how bad it looked. Like they barely had anything in it. They had the building was solid, but it was a, a three story building at the time, and the building's actually only got two stories. So they they recall going through the hallway. It was very cold, very dark. It was damp because of uh, how much of the uh, lighting and outside was actually getting into the the hospital. And they came across a elevator. Now, the elevator is just a standard elevator. It was fine. There was nothing big to it. It was just very old-looking, which is odd because if this is a new addition, this shouldn't look that old. Never thinking about it, they jumped into it. I went to the first floor. <laughs> you know, they, A they creepy stole... elevator in an abandoned part of a building. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Let's do it. They went in it just thinking that it was like the normal elevators that they see throughout the whole uh, hospital. Going down to the first floor where they would assume that the cafeteria was there or they'll at least see a security guard which will point them in the direction that they need to go. It was going down, and they remember it taking a lot longer than it should for just a two-story building. Okay. As soon as it opened, they went to a dark room where they actually didn't step too far out of the elevator, and they could smell like this horrible rotted eggs. And they didn't know what it was for the life of them. Like sulfur smell, maybe? I would say yes, a sulfur smell to it. They went back into the elevator. Upon entering the elevator, it took forever for it to close. Not thinking about it anymore, they just kept hitting the close the elevator button, which is right there at the bottom left. Once they got it finally closed, they hit the button to go back to uh, floor number two. Upon going back up, it actually moved a lot quicker this time around. But this time it opened up and there was a gentleman standing there. It looked like he was in a hospital gown, but a hospital gown that they've never seen before. 
It's not the standard little ugly blue light, like the light blue uh, with the little diamonds on it. It was like a dull finish, like a uh, like a burlap sap kind of finish. It was really weird how they explained it. It was brown. They remember him getting on. He said, you're going up. And I said, yes, we're going up. So he got on. They're going up. And it's taking forever again. They're just making jokes with the guy, and the guy was very quiet. And he just kind of stood there staring at the, do- at the door, waiting for it to open. They remember it going up, and then all of a sudden, the door opens really fast. And they're back in that room with the egg smell. And not knowing what was going on, they're like, I could have swore we hit number two. And the guy looks at him and says, this is my stop. And he gets out. Once out, the door slowly closes, And they begin to rise up again as if they were going to another area. But this time, it actually took them to a room that almost looks like it was a finished room, so they assumed it was the actual first floor. Not knowing again, they stepped out, looked around, and all they could smell was copper. Now the copper smell, they they were very unsure what was going on. So the sister decided to say, hey, Marv, I need you to stick around here. I'm going to go take a look and see if I can find a security guard because I think we're lost. She left as the sister was there holding the door open, making sure, you know, nobody was coming. She remembers hearing noises of people walking around. She couldn't see anybody. She didn't hear hospital beds. She didn't hear the normal beeping sounds. She didn't hear anything. She just heard shuffling. Still wondering where her sister's at. She starts screaming out for her sister in a panic, only as if somebody was watching her this entire time. As she was screaming out for her sister, her sister comes running around the corner from the left-hand side of her, but on the right-hand side, she noticed a figure running towards them as well. And as the sister was running from the left-hand side, her sister was looks like she was sprinting in a panic and very pale. She couldn't scream or anything. It looked like her mouth was open, but nothing was coming out. And onto the right, she noticed that shadowy figure getting closer and closer to her. And she was in a panic as well, where she had almost to the point had just shut the door on her sister. But knowing that her sister was almost around the corner, she looked again as the shadowy figure got closer and closer, and she could see the eyes as purely white as snow. And she just fell to her knees, and as her, she fell, her sister grabbed her arm, pulled her into the elevator, and shut the door as fast as they could. And as soon as they did, the hand of the shadowy figure slowly crept towards them and the door was shutting. Once the door shut, they were both in a panic, screaming in the elevator. Elevator opened up and they were back on the second floor with the security guard looking at them. What? Yeah. (laughs) Now you went to school with this person? I did. They told you this story? They did. First hand? Yep. And it was on the news, you said? They talked about creepy stories about that hospital of other patients visiting there and then feeling... As if somebody was watching them. I'm writing this hospital down. I'm going to look let's look up some creepy stories. This sounds intriguing. What was it called? <laughs> North, Bay. North Bay Hospital. Yep. Fairfield, California. Sonoma County. <laughs> <laughs> I may have some creepy pasta for you later, too, if you guys want to come back to me. Yeah, I think I do. I think I do. I know what creepy t- pasta you're speaking of, and uh, I'm excited to hear more about it. I know a little bit about it, so maybe we can help each other tell it. Jack, you want to go ahead? Yeah. This is a Canadian guy from named Elliot from Canada. He Canada is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> from Canada. Nice. I like Canada better. Uh, he when he was a little kid, he used to go and watch. Uh, he he loved Pokemon, and he would watch it on TV all the time. 
Um, his dad ended up not letting him watch it because he wanted to watch the news around 5 o'clock. So he ended up getting a TV. His dad got him a TV to put in his very own room, so he's excited. Um, the TV only got a couple of channels, um, one of them being Pokemon when he wanted to watch it, so he didn't care about the other ones. But later on, he decided he wanted to flip through the channels and found channel number 21. And on it was a show called... Called what? Called what? Uh, there was a show called Booby. <laughs> what? And <laughs> it sounds like my kind of show. <laughs> featured characters that were just live hands on the top of a table. So it wasn't uh, a very high budget show. We kind of saw a video about yeah, it earlier. Yeah, but I don't know much. Keep continue. The shows were really weird. It was most of the time it was just the just the hands. And it was there's a couple different characters. One time the all the whole show the episode was the character Booby which was one of the hands was sitting there slapping the bottle of ketchup <laughs> <laughs> and once the ketchup spilled out the character looked like right at the the ketchup on the table and then looked right at the camera and then it was over so when you did it, did it does it say like how they used their hands at all i mean were they like using their thumb as like a mouth like side talker i don't know or if it was or? like a hamburger helper type <laughs> that's that's how i'm picturing it that would but make yeah, more sense uh, there yeah. nothing i could find would say how they were using the hands hamburger it could have been like a, a what awesome. was that character it's all right it's all right Oh, uh, <laughs> oh! Didn't Pee Wee Herman used to have characters that did that too? Yeah, like where yep. you put like the googly it's eyes. Mr. On. Hand. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, One of the episodes was called "Playing with Scissors," and Booby was holding a pair of scissors while another hand that was shaking a lot smaller hand, it was kind of twitchy and shaky, was getting pulled, brought up from under the table, like forced up. Yeah, it looked like it was kind of forced up, and you could kind of hear like. Was screaming and crying a little bit in the background and booby ended up jabbing the hand with the scissors a whole bunch of times and at one point it actually sounded like it hit a bone and you heard a crazy crack and a bunch of a bunch of screaming and that was the last episode that was ever on and after investigating after a while this guy after he got older he ended up finding out that uh it was some crazed man torturing and killing children and he was luring them to the show oh my yeah i can't imagine a show with hands luring me anywhere like no i want to meet the hand booby <laughs> that's creepy though heck yeah it was that, that's kind of reminds me of that story we were looking at. Uh, we were watching a series of like creepy pastas on that YouTube channel you were showing us, and uh, talked about a show that was on during like wartime in Lebanon or something like that. Is oh that... yeah, where the bad kids go. Oh yeah, where yeah. the bad kids yeah. go. That's what it oh, was. Geez. And they said at the end of every episode, it would close up like the camera would slowly close up on like a rusty door, mm -hmm. and as it got closer, you could hear screaming and yelling, and then. Uh, text would come up saying, this is where the bad kids go at the end of every episode. And then years later, the guy who watched the show sought the place out, the studio where it was filmed. And um, even though the studio was abandoned and been dark, shut up for years, he went in and found those doors. And upon going in, found feces, blood, bone, remains of people, and then hanging in the middle of it's the a room. Microphone. A microphone yeah. in a cage so it couldn't be disturbed. Mm -hmm. That's creepy shit right <laughs> there. <laughs> but so is having your hands forcefully stabbed by scissors. I, uh, yeah. So I wonder if we like tapped into like a public access channel or something. It almost matter. reminds me of that, that Max Headroom thing. Oh my oh, god. <laughs> that was weird. It was I don't know why it gave me the creeps so much, but 
because just the the shitty audio and just you think if if you could get a few minutes of time on tv <laughs> what would you do why are you gonna do that wear max headroom and get your butt spanked yeah he max headroom <laughs> was max headroom the one being spanked or administering the spankings i don't i think it was him because i know he was sitting there and he said something about taking a, a dump I just took a big dump or something. When like they that. showed it or something, and then all of a sudden you just see his bare ass getting <laughs> slapped by a spatula. So it was, it was creepy, so weird. And you was can, that creepy? I thought it was hilarious. Oh, it was. I don't know. I it found was, it creepy. Yeah, I thought uh, it was creepy because was that during a Doctor Who episode too. It was. Yes, yes, that's right. Yep. In the eighties, I think sometime. <laughs> and I mean that was a big thing. They were trying to find those people. I don't know if they ever did or not. I don't think but, so. Uh, it's it's weird. I mean something so. I mean, it is demented, but I don't think <laughs> they intended it to be scary. But it was just freaky, just the the loud noise, the talking you couldn't understand. Yeah, it was hard to understand what he was saying. Max headroom. <laughs> it's all creepy. <laughs> all right. Well, very good one. That was creepy. Do not seek out any characters by the name of Booby. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I've got is uh, nothing. I don't have quite as much detail as you guys had, but... Last year, I brought Robert the Doll to the table, talking about what was his name, Robert Otto, or uh, so last, he went by Otto. I think Otto, last name yeah. was Otto. Guy from the I think it was the early 1900s had this doll as a child that he carried through his adult years that was supposed to be possessed. And, um, and I respect Todd or Robert. <laughs> yes, yes. Robert is known for putting curses on people who take his picture without asking permission. But reason I anyway, the reason I got on Robert was because I'm a huge fan of Child's Play, and I wanted to find the inspiration behind Chucky, and that was one of the inspirations. <clears throat> so I decided, you know, I'm also a huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street and Freddy Krueger. Love Freddy. And I wanted to see what kind of uh, inspiration, you know, inspired that movie. And um, turns out it's not all that far-fetched. Now, the concept of Freddy Krueger is uh, made up. I mean, you don't have a guy with knives on his fingers and dreams chasing you. But um, there was a group of Asian immigrants that were all experiencing the same terrifying nightmares that... Uh, would then die during their dreams, and no one could explain it. There was no physical, you know, reason why they were dying, no heart attack, nothing. They were just dying after experiencing these traumatic nightmares. But the most recent, and the one that inspired Nightmare on Elm Street was, and I, I don't know why I say most recent, it just, uh, because I don't have a date here, but it was a 21-year-old son of a physician who was afraid of going to sleep. Uh, the family kept urging him, go to bed, go to bed, you need sleep. And he was petrified. He's like, you know, I can't, I'll have these nightmares again. They said, they're just nightmares. You'll get past it. No, these aren't, he's like, I've had nightmares. These aren't nightmares. This is different. I can't go to sleep. Uh, the family was giving him sleeping pills to take. They weren't working. And ended up staying up like six, seven days on end. Like straight. Can you imagine being up that long? I can't imagine staying up two hours past my bedtime. Yeah, not anymore, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, after about six or seven days, uh, he was sitting with his family on the couch watching television, and he dozed off. The family was very relieved, so they scoop him up, take him up to his bedroom, put him down, breathe a sigh of relief, and everyone goes to bed. You know, you know, finally, it's over. In the middle of the night, they hear loud screaming, crashing, uh, shit happening in his room. They run in there and find him dead in his bed. 
Uh, again, no, no sign of heart attack, no physical reason he was dying, cause of death unexplained. Upon, you know, going through his room and stuff, they found a Mr. Coffee set up in his closet that still had piping hot coffee in it that he was just chugging to keep himself awake, mm. and a deposit of all the sleeping pills his family had given him. He had never even taken them. Isn't that freaky? Yeah. What the hell was killing him? <laughs> what killed all those other people? I'm sure it wasn't Freddy, you know, but, uh... Still, it makes you wonder. Should have called the Dream Warriors. <laughs> Dream Warriors. Who was that again? Uh, Dawkin. Dawkin, yeah. <laughs> Goddamn copyright. I'd love to put that in here right now. But that's all there is on that. I couldn't believe that. I, I thought that was totally a fictional story, but, you know, it was drawn from some reality. Hmm. So be careful next time Chain, you go to sleep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is loosely based off of, I think, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Something like was that. it? Yeah, I thought that movie like came that. out before. The yeah, it that. did. Okay. Yeah, Jeffrey no, Dahmer was like in the eighties, nineties. There was a uh, a mass murderer out in Texas. That was actually that's what they based off of. So you were close. Oh wait, yeah, it wasn't yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer. They actually it, yeah. had a skin mask. Yeah. Ooh, really? Yeah. 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 I tell you what, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre to this day is still one of the best horror movies ever, in my opinion. I it just gives me the willies at the end when they bring Grandpa downstairs and. They want him to bash that girl's head over the pot so she'll bleed out. Oh, <laughs> no, thank you. I like the Jessica Biel one. You know, we went to the theater and saw that when it came out. <laughs> I it, did, too. It was entertaining. I think I fell asleep doing it. <laughs> okay, oh, maybe it wasn't that entertaining. Did, yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was fun. It just wasn't nearly as creepy as that very that original one. Yeah. yeah. Something about Maybe it's just the way it was even filmed. You know, the, the lesser grade. Uh, the film quality. Yes, yeah. the film quality wasn't up to par like it is now. Yeah. So that made it a little bit even creepier, in my opinion. But. Well, that dream thing you were talking about, you know, it reminded me of um, the Dabuku box. I think it's the Dabuku box. Is that how you say it? Dibuki I have box. no idea. Uh, I think I know what you're trying to say. I've heard Kabuki of some, bo- yeah, Kabuki box or something like that. I think uh, that's what it is. I've heard that saying. I don't know what the hell it is, but go ahead. Well, I mean, there was a story that actually went around with it, and they actually had a, uh, eBay where they're selling the box. I mean, the story goes, like, there was an antique, like, somebody had a garage sale, and then they had, like, this little wine cellar box, you know, like, you could just put, like, two bottles of wine in. And the guy bought it because he worked at an antique place, and he took it apart, found out inside of it, it had, um, like, an old coin, it had some hair, some teeth, and it had some kind of ruin. You know about it? Uh, no, but I, I, I watched a movie not too long, just recently. There was a movie? Uh, I just, I didn't even finish the movie. I didn't get the chance to finish it, but it was like a family was at a yard sale and the little girl picks, buys a box that can't be opened really in any way. And then it just opens up for her and there are like teeth, feathers, hair, all kinds of like weird belongings in it. Okay. Go ahead though. No, that sounds really similar to it. I feel like they said it was somewhat based around a true story. I don't remember. Yeah. Cause like, uh, well anyways, like they, when he finally got the box open, this guy had some weird crap happen to him where you have a dream where this woman's walking with him. And it turns like he he was the person holding this woman's hand. And at the end of the dream, as they were walking, she turned around, turned into this old hag and starts stabbing at him. And then he'd wake up. And this was going on for, for days. And then eventually you'll start smelling like this cat urine. And if you have a cat, you know exactly what that's oh, going to smell like. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And he couldn't figure it out for the longest time, but he 
would always see the box in his dream. So not thinking anything of it, he refurbished this box, kept the contents in a safe, gave his box to his mother, who was um, actually, she was having heart issues. And then when she had received this box, took it home, she actually went into a coma as soon as that happened. Really? Not knowing what's going on, he ended up taking the box back because in her last handwriting that he had of her saying, something is evil in the brown box. So he took it back because she didn't want it. Eventually, she came back out of her coma saying that you need to get rid of that box. So he couldn't give it out for free, he found out, um, because he was having a lot of issues trying to give it out for free because nobody wanted it. I wouldn't want it either. So he tried (laughs) selling it online, and he sold it to a fraternity. And the fraternity bought it, had a lot of weird, creepy shit started happening to him. They started having the same dream, but not just the one guy that bought it, but everybody in the frat house started having the dream. And they were all waking up, and then one guy actually woke up with scars on his chest, and the smell of cat urine was throughout the whole house. Gross. So they were freaking out, thinking the stories were coming real. All of them were not getting sleep because they kept having the same reoccurring dream, and they were starting to hear voices in in the building now. So what they did is they tried to give it back to the guy. The guy wouldn't take it. He says, you can't give that back to me for free. And they asked him why, and they said, there was a dream I had with that same woman saying that you cannot just give this type of gift away. Mm-mm. So <laughs> I'll be throwing that fucker in the river. So they <laughs> ended up selling it to like a professor, and the professor <clears throat> documented everything about this whole thing, which you can find online. I found out, and that's why I read all of this about, which is the same site, which was around the same time that I found out about Annabelle, which they came out with a movie with. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I want to see Annabelle. Annabelle freaks me out because the original Annabelle is basically it's a raggedy Annabelle. I saw the yeah, I saw a picture of that the what? other day. What? There's truth behind Annabelle? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. dude. Oh my gosh. Raggedy Ann scares the crap out of me. If they were to make Annabelle Raggedy Ann in that movie, I would have shit myself. I would never have watched it. <laughs> oh, see, I've got to look big, into like, that now. Three-foot-tall yeah. Raggedy Ann. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It gives me chills just thinking about it. Those scare me. And the fact that it, they're, they're soft, they're not really flexible and stuff, you know, they're like a pillow. Right. The story goes with this one is like she was standing up. She didn't need to lean up against anything. No, she would sit no, there and stare no. at you with blood on her hands. And you're just... There's a whole story about that one. And it's nothing like the movies. Like, it's way loosely based for the movie. And then if you want to see Annabelle, there's actually... They actually have her chained up, like, boxed up. You're not allowed to go near her. If you go near her, you'll start hearing voices. You'll start hearing growling from the box. Really? It's it's crazy. like this actual Raggedy Ann is named Annabelle in real yeah. life. Yeah. Really? And she sits in that box like, oh, God. Where at? Where, where is she <laughs> kept? Um, you know how, like, a, it's a collector? They were in the movie, like, there was a collector. And the Conjurer, there yes. was a collector. Yes. That's an actual family. Oh, yes. And they did a TV show where this guy was, like, the haunted collector, who was actually the son of that of those two parents that collected Annabelle. Oh. And I, I, it's Zach something. I can't remember his last name. But Oh, yeah. There we go. Jack will probably have to put this on the website for everyone to actually understand. That creeps the crap out of me. Yeah, no thank you. But yeah, that's <laughs> the actual box that she's sitting, or she's sitting in. You can actually go to this place that's the haunted collector's house. I don't know if he lets anybody in, but from what I understand, he does, where you can just actually go in and see all the stuff that they've collected throughout the years. Ooh. They were the first family to go to the Amityville, if I'm not mistaken, too. Would you go through there, you guys? Go through that I'd, house I'd through and look it. at it? Would yeah, you? I would. I probably would. I'm just that type. <laughs> I would think I would. I'd just be so afraid of something latching on and <laughs> coming back. That's what they tell you. Like, right before you leave, they'll do something to help you out. 
Really? Yeah, before like you Like a leave. cleansing? Just in case. Because you can't take any. If you steal something, not only do they find out right away, but you'll find out and you'll for- beg them for forgiveness to figure out what's going on to fix it. That's how bad it can be. It's like yeah. stealing lava rocks from Hawaii. What, if you, what's that? A bad juju or something? Bad juju. Really? From the island, yep. I didn't you know that. Do, you can't take it. You're not allowed to take it. There's also a, a western place. Like the state this. won't let you? Or it's just no, like... No, you, you could take floor. it, but you'll start having like bad luck happen. Like a woman actually took it and she started losing her hair. Oh, shit. No, thank <laughs> The car broke down. I don't want to lava rock that bad. She had bruises, so she mailed it back. And then a week later after they received it, she started getting better. So, I mean, there's a lot of things that can happen. I looked up while you were telling the story. It was the movie that came out in 2012 called The Possession about that box. The Possession? The Possession. And it's a little girl gets it. Remember the movie trailer where it shows a little girl looking in the mirror and then she sees, like, down her throat, sees fingers. two fingers. Yeah. That's It's that movie. What? And, yeah. It's on Netflix oh, right That's now. That's with the box? That's with the box. Hmm. So it's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Oh, I'm totally going to watch that now. We uh, started shit. watching it the other day, and we had to stop for some reason. I don't remember why, but uh, yeah, now that you've told that story, I'm man, I'm gonna look into this Annabelle shit. I didn't know that was like based oh, off a real story. God. There's a whole website on there. I was just I had it up. Oh, <sighs> all right, Annabelle freaks me out. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that doll in the tra- in the trailer looks creepy, but I mean something that's made to look creepy, and then something that looks innocent, like that Raggedy Ann doll. Or, you know, I don't like Robert the doll that we were talking about last year. I mentioned a little bit ago, you know, if without the story behind him to, to someone who doesn't know, they see him. It just looks like a vintage vintage doll. You probably wouldn't. Yeah. You probably wouldn't get the first impression of, oh, that's creepy. Maybe you would, but it's the story that makes it creepy. The Same, footsteps running around in the attic. Ooh, yeah. Giggling. Kids seeing it looking out the window yeah, oh, from yeah, three yeah, stories yeah. Oh, up. Yeah. Tormented, I respect you, Robert. <laughs> yeah, tormented the uh, his wife until she left. Went crazy. No, thank you. My God. <laughs> I'm going to have to look that doll up. Man, I, I want you to tell that creepy pasta though, about, uh, about Zelda. Ben Drowned? Ben Drowned, yeah. Yeah, what was, yeah. Yeah, what was it? it? was the Legend of Zelda Mazor, uh, Majora's, Majora's Mask. Mask. Majora's Mask, thank you. Yeah. Can I you, mean, how it starts off was the... Uh, there's a guy, he went to a yard sale where he found some old 64 games and he came across Majora's Mask, but it didn't have the sticker on it. It just said Majora's Mask on a, a piece of tape. And when he went to go buy it, he bought it from an older gentleman who said, I used to play this with my grandson. Not thinking anything of it, he bought the game, took it home, started it up, noticed there was only one saved game on there, on slot number two, and it said Ben. Ben's game. Um, it said that he was on the final day and he was pretty close to beating the game. He had all the masks and was ready to go for the final day. And upon entering the game, it, the music started playing backwards. Really quick, when you say the final day, what's happening in the game is that, what is it, you have four days until the moon crashes into yeah, the planet here. Four or five days. Yeah. So the, the game takes place over these four or five days stopping it. So continue, just for the people who didn't know that, because I didn't oh, know yeah. that. I first. didn't know that. Yeah. You didn't know that? No. Oh, man. <laughs> Be more thorough, Jeff. <laughs> no, go ahead. Too many games I play. <laughs> I'm like, you guys should know this. <laughs> no, uh, so he entered the game, and he noticed, like, the, the music was playing backwards. Um, the game was glitching out. Um, he didn't think anything of it, so he said, okay. So he went out of the game, started over, erased that game, and started a brand new game. But upon starting this brand new game, 
weird stuff started happening. The characters were talking backwards. There was no text for certain NPCs. There was some of the text was like really jumbled. Yeah, it was like jumbled on top up. of each other. Yeah, and then again, and he didn't think anything of it, so he reset the game. Upon resetting the game, he entered the game from where he last saved, and weird, even more weird stuff started happening where a statue was appearing, random yes. places. And the statue was the ugliest statue I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, but the statue was. I mean, it was a part of that game, right? It was just supposed yeah. to appear somewhere else. Yeah, it was like a training dummy almost. Right. From but, what I remembered. Ugh. But this thing was... It just it kept randomly coming back up. Like following him around the game. Yeah, following him around the game. That so, creepy-ass little smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> He ended up stopping the game, coming back to it later, and then he was in a different zone. And different things were happening, but the statue would appear every once in a while, and the music was getting louder and playing more backwards. Mm -hmm. There was uh, characters that shouldn't be there. He was meeting the final boss without even having to go look for him. And he he continued to be referred to as Ben, even though he had erased that game, too. Wasn't that another big thing? That was another big thing. Like Every NPC would call him Ben. And the game, actually, when he went back, and there was footage online, you could see this. And when he went back, he had a uh, he had a totally different name written down on the game save. <sighs> so Ben wasn't even part of the game anymore. I mean, he had erased it. So uh, not taking everything of it again, he reset the game, tried it again. He ended up being in a zone that he's never been before where Link would just burst into flames and there would be a scream. The scream has never been heard before in the game. What, really? It, yeah, it was a very odd scream. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I heard it in that video. Yeah, I, the video just, oh, gosh. It's creepy, for sure. And, and, you know, it's one of those things when you when you watch the video on YouTube and you read the comments below, everyone's tearing it apart. Oh, this is fake. This is fake. And who knows? It could very well be. But in lieu of Halloween, you know, embrace the story and watch that video. It's some <laughs> creepy shit. Yeah. It can be creepy uh, if if you want to believe in a haunted game. Just that the worst thing for me was the statue Ugh. just following him. He just would walk a little bit. There it is. Yeah, the game would pause, and then the statue would pop up. Walk a little bit, the game would pause, and the statue would be there. Like it just like threw like him. Weeping angel. Yeah. <laughs> well, just at it. <laughs> like threw him out into that big open field where there's yeah. nothing around except like that huge tree. It reminded me of the tree at... Uh, the Animal Kingdom at in Walt Disney World, just like huge, great big tree that he runs forever to get to. When he gets there, he looks around. There's nothing there, and when he pans back around, there's the statue where it just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game didn't freeze. It didn't make the sound that the statue was coming. It was just no, there, just there. And then the camera angle blocks the statue behind his body, like the player's body. And when it comes around the other side, it's even closer. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was creepy. And then that weird scream. And, you know, parts of that, I think, are maybe made up. But it's still creepy, mm-hmm. knowing that something in the game's following you around that should not be following you around. Yeah. <laughs> but, Jeez, wow. You all gave me the willies. It's getting dark out, too. <laughs> <laughs> you have to drive home in the dark, Jack. <laughs> Very cool. Well, hopefully these uh, stories give you guys a little bit of willies. Too. <laughs> maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Take them and do what you will with them. I know, looking up the stories, I'd get the creeps just reading the stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. even the ones that people say are fake. Mm-hmm. Even if you're sitting at home alone in the dark, even not in the dark reading them, you, you get a little creeped out. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. There's a uh, 
one thing I wanted to mention earlier. There's a game that I'm wanting to download off the iOS app store. I'm not sure where else it's available. I was telling you about it today. It's called Five Nights at Freddy's. Have you seen this? Yes. Have you played it? Scares the hell out of me. <laughs> it's creepy. It yeah. is creepy. What? It's supposed to be set up like Chuck E. Cheese or Showbiz Pizza. And you're a security guard who's staying uh, overnight. You have to make it from midnight to 6 o'clock in the morning yep. over four different, four or five different nights. Five nights. And you have a uh, series of security cameras through the building. And I'm not sure how it's played as I haven't played it yet. But these, these robots, these animatronic robots at night come to life and wander the place. And you have to survive. Your only objective is to survive. And seeing them, oh, it's creepy looking. It's just one of, one thing I remember from my childhood. I mean, as vivid as Showbiz Pizza and Chuck E. Cheese are in my memory, the one thing I'll never forget was, you know, between every show, like the robots would be like, we'll be right back. And the curtain would shut. You'd go play games until you heard them start playing again and you come back. I went up and looked behind the curtain and just seeing them all hanging there lifeless, man, that was... Yeah. That was something else when you were a kid. Like, well, what's, what's wrong with them? Are they are they dead? So seeing this, just oh, check it out. Five Nights at Freddy's. I, I've heard they're making a sequel to it, too. I hope so. Did you I, play it? I, I did not play it. I actually watched it. Somebody else playing it. Ooh. I was watching uh, PewDiePie play it. No, thank <laughs> you. That creeped me out. Just watching it, I was like, he'd sit there and you could watch the cameras, but you have a limited power supply. If That's you right. Out of power, you can't shut doors or you can't use lights or something. Yeah, you can't use anything, so you don't know what's going to happen. Like they can show up at any moment and take you down. They even have one that'll actually run in the hallways. Which oh my the god! Crap out of me. The one that was the creepiest was Freddy himself, who appears to be like a, just a big bear. He reminded me of uh, oh Billy Bob, the the country bear from the original yeah. Showbiz Pizza lineup. The duck scares the crap out of me. But there was like a... I watched a video. Yeah. (laughs) I watched a video on YouTube of like the guy's security camera looking in a room. There's like a doorway off to the side and you don't see anything there. The camera jumps to another camera or the view jumps to another camera quick. And then when it comes back, you just see that bear staring in and (laughs) just the look it was giving was creepy. Yeah. See, that's creepy shit right there. Oh. And you have to shut the door quick to keep him out. Yeah. Like, if you have the headphones on, you can actually hear, like, footsteps, issues with a little giggling, and then all of a sudden, you know, like, that bird will actually start, he'll be in the kitchen and eating something, and you don't know what it is, and it just sounds crunchy all of a sudden, and on the third or fourth day, it'll sound like mushy something. And they've got, like, three or four layers of teeth in their mouth, and it's, ooh. So... (laughs) Yeah, hopefully these stories and <laughs> this Five Nights at Freddy's uh, will creep you guys out a little bit. Look a little more into them. Jack will probably throw some links up on the website there to yeah. get you guys a little creeped out. There's a fun game that you can get for free that Doritos, Doritos came out with uh, years ago, and it still works to this day. You can only play the game from 6 to 6 is the name of the game. It's 6 to 6. It's basically it's a hotel room that you start off in. And oh, I think I played it. I love that game, but you want to play it like really late at night. Put your headphones on, turn it up enough so you can actually hear what's going on because they're going to whisper clues to how to finish the game. And you basically you start off, you wake up, and you're this character, and you're going outside the room, and all of a sudden this darkness is filling the hallway. So you need to run down the hallway and go into another room. And in that room, you got to solve a puzzle. What's going on? Like one of the rooms, you're actually going to have to be quiet. There's a baby in the room, and if the baby wakes up, oh, I 
remember that. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, Fritos. Fritos. Fritos, was yeah. it? Okay. And then, like, the cool thing about this is, like, the more you play, it'll ask you certain questions about you in the real world. And as you play the game, these things will actually happen in the real world, which freaks you out even more. Got to have your webcam on, too. If you have your, yeah, if you have your webcam on, you'll definitely be memorized, or uh, people will remember you, because yeah. the cool thing about this game is once you're done with it, and if you're scared or not scared or whatnot, it'll take a photo of you, and then during the gameplay, if it was like me or Jack or Jeremy playing the game, we can actually walk through this place, and the people who have played it will actually show up in a certain area, Aww. where you're going through a bunch of pictures, and you'll see everyone's <laughs> reaction pictures in there, Yeah, which is very crazy. neat. Yeah, But it... it it's a very fun and very creepy game to play for Halloween if you want to do it. What And what happens if you wake up the baby? If you wake up the baby, oh my gosh. Does it sit up? It sits up, and jumps at you, and screams at yeah. you, and starts chasing you under, yeah, around yeah, the bedroom yeah. or yeah. the room, and then this woman will come out and just take you down. Ah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I won't tell you any other the other stuff because <laughs> there's some cool things that are in there. But it's only playable between 6 o'clock to 6 a.m. And um, where is it? Where do you find it? Um, if you look up Hotel 626, if I think it's I think I think that's, that's what's called. Wow. Yeah. You got a lot of link stuff to do. Free, <laughs> free fun game, you guys. Boy, I'm excited to play that. Kind of makes me think uh, there was an old Nintendo game, Maniac Mansion, just on the old 8-bit system. Graphics aren't anything to be marveled at by any means. I remember that name. Yeah, you start with a group of teenagers, and one of your friends has been kidnapped by this like family of ghouls that lives in this big mansion. Kind of reminds you of the Adams family almost, but you have to use these teenagers and get them through the house to get your friend out without being seen or discovered. And if you are discovered, they throw you in the dungeon as well. But it, uh, it was a hard game. <laughs> but it was creepy too as a kid because you'll just be walking around, like say you're in the kitchen, all of a sudden the screen will cut over to the ghoul upstairs saying, mm, I'm hungry, I need a midnight snack. So you know he's coming. So you got to get the hell out of there and hide. And if they caught you, oh... Nowadays it's nothing, but back in the day it was scary. <laughs> you ever play Clock Tower, PlayStation One? God, I haven't played that in years. That game was scary too. The guy would come out with big scissors, huh? And it was almost impossible to get away from it. It was a hard game. It was like a, a survival horror game that you had to walk around and find stuff and get out of this place. But yeah, this guy would come out with these huge shears, and it Ooh. was it was so hard to get away from him sometimes. No. That was it was so cheap looking, but it was scary at the same time. It's like Fatal Frame for me. That scared me. No, I never played that one. We had to take pictures of the ghosts. Ghost, like, yeah. You can hear them. You know they're there, but you couldn't see them. Until you took a picture. Until you took a picture. Or like you'll see like this wave that'll walk in the distance, and you have to zoom in on your camera. Then all of a sudden you look down, and there's like something crawling towards you really fast, and you're just like... Wow, that sounds fun. All right. Well, take these stories as you will. Hopefully they creep you out. Look a little bit more into them. Jack will have some stuff on the website there. All right. One more thing to talk about before we get to our interview with Sonya Thompson of The Walking Dead. Uh, we were wanting to have the guys from PLB Comics back on this week uh, on our Halloween episode, but due to scheduling uh, conflicts that did not work out, 
But uh, they did anyway send us over their Halloween special book that they put out. What, it's been the last two, three years, Three years, yeah, their annual, pretty much. Yeah, just called the PLB Comics Halloween Special. And packed within this book, you get, uh, what's it, six, looks like six stories and then a bunch of uh, awesome art at the back of the book. Uh, what'd you guys think of it? The fall got his own story. <laughs> <laughs> he was very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, he was. Jeff, what'd you think? I enjoyed it. I actually liked uh, the 30 days that threw me for a twist. That's the same one I was going to mention. That was a good one. Yeah, where it was he, pretty crazy. He's like cryogenically frozen and he, wait, well, yeah, I don't want to say it's a whole hard. lot. But. You, you got to read it. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> don't let us blow stuff. Yeah, uh, like I said, there's six stories from the guys at PLB and some uh, outside artists too, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there are characters, uh, The Fall and Gideon Sebastian, some of the regular PLB titles, these characters show up throughout this Halloween special. And kind of what Jack was pointing out was the very first page. All the characters are kind of looking through the Halloween <laughs> issue that they're in. And The Fall, the character who is The Fall, was being very excited that he's finally included. You know what I loved about it? What's that? The cover. The it cover told, was beautiful, man. It, it mixes between... Uh... Tales from the Crypt, and then it reminded me somewhat of Archie, believe it or not. I can kind of see that, yeah. With the little pictures on the side. Very good <laughs> colors. Oh, yeah, like the mad scientist suspense, well, yeah. creatures, that stuff. Yeah, for sure. It's beautiful artwork. I like the I like the girl in her little devil outfit there. And when I say little outfit, I, I mean a very little outfit. Of course you like the TNA. <laughs> <laughs> but this is available on uh, their website. Now, there's also... What, the 2013 and 12? Yeah. Right? Yep. And those are currently be give, being given away for free, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, if you buy the 2014, you can get the, the last two also. You know, I went back and read those ones, or actually the 2012 one in particular. I actually liked that first comic was Lady Luck. And I need to do more, you know, I got to look into it. I want to know if it's actually a story now. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> If it's I mean, its own story. Yeah, if it's its own story. It I mean, could I, go, that one could go easily, because it was really good. I, I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, going back to look at what they had, I was just, I had to, I was curious. Just mm. reading the 2014 one, I was like, okay, well, he's got 2013 and 2012. I'm going to read the 2012 real quick, <laughs> see how it all started here. No, you, no, see, I'm going to have to go read that one, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, what a great deal. You go, I'm not sure how much, I think it's $4 for yeah. this year's 2014 uh, Halloween special book. And with that, you get two other books. And these are these are thick books. These aren't uh, just little comic books. This is a heck of a deal. Well, I think that's just for a limited time only, just for the Halloween, just a certain, for a certain time around Halloween. I'm not sure exactly the dates, but we'll have the dates on the website when everything is actually available. And we'll have links so people yeah. can get over there and yeah, uh, get over and buy them. Check them out. Awesome. Go we'll buy them. Do a little shout out. I, I seen that Evil Dead reference again. You did? <laughs> I did. But where at? Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave for the listeners to find it. But I seen it in there. <laughs> and I just want to wink at the uh, at the guys for that one. <laughs> All righty. Well, very cool. See, you're, I didn't pick that up. I didn't see that. I, I was on it. it. I was just laughing. I was like, there it is. They did it. <laughs> when we were uh, reading Gideon and Sebastian, I don't remember how long ago that was, but it's finding those little Easter eggs in, throughout the book was so much fun because you don't see that in a lot of other books. You know, I mean, in, in, there are Easter eggs that not everybody's going to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, i trying to remember what the other one was. The, the names of the characters were like Brian 
Brian and Brian. One guy's name was Brian, another was Johnson, or something like that. It went for Bon Scott from ACDC. Maybe it was Bon Johnson. Was, yeah, Bon Johnson. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, love those guys at PLB. Eternal yeah, <laughs> reference when he's falling through the floor. Yeah, see all that little stuff that uh, only hardcore nerds are going to pick up on. So if you fancy yourself a hardcore nerd, you're going to love these books. Right in time for Halloween, PLB Comics Halloween Special. So check them out. All right, and with that, we are just going to move right into our interview with Sonya Thompson of The Walking Dead and Zombieland. She's not a zombie actress. She's the The, zombie actress. The go-to actress for zombies. Yes, she sets the standard for how zombies are to be portrayed. So we had a lot of fun talking with her, and hopefully uh, you guys will enjoy the interview just as much as we did. So here's our interview with Sonya Thompson. Today's guest is an actress, model, and singer who is best known for playing a zombie in both AMC's The Walking Dead and the movie Zombieland. She can currently be seen in the independent horror film Prosper, and you can check her out on our website, professionalzombie.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the queen of the zombies, Sonia Thompson. Thanks for being with us, Sonia. Well, thanks for having me. It's awesome to have you on our Halloween episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect, perfect match. <laughs> Are you a fan of Halloween? I have always been a fan of Halloween. It has always been one of my favorite times of year. So do you get in your uh, zombie makeup and stuff for no. Halloween ever? Or? No. no. Mm-mm. no. I, um, I don't dress up hardly ever anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, well, once you've worked 16-hour days, back-to-back, dressed like a zombie, you just get to where you just... It's no fun anymore. That's what it comes down to. It's not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> More like being in a costume. Being in your regular self is the costume now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have some shirts made up that says generic zombie on it, so I'm wearing that for Halloween. <laughs> so how did you first get into playing a zombie? Well, I've been acting in film and TV since about 2008, but I've always been an entertainer. I've been in plays and theater-type things since high school. Um, actually, even before that, back when I was five years old, I did a play at the church and loved it. Uh, but the very first zombie role was Night of the Jackals. It was a little independent that was shot in Atlanta. And I enjoyed it, except for the sticky fake blood. Uh, <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, everything just kind of stuck together. I had to pry it apart later on. But anyway, um, my the next year then I got an audition on Zombieland. And it was even part of the Zombieland training video, which was amazing to be a part of. And then the next year, and the next year after that, then I was on The Walking Dead. And then, of course, since then, I've had people ask me to do a lot of zombie um, things there um, for corporations. And so that's the reason I came up with ProfessionalZombie.com, because I get people want me to do it. You must be good at what you do, right? So I always played doctors and lawyers and mother roles and stuff like that, you know, with speaking lines. So this has been kind of a change for me to just not speak at all and just growl. (laughs) Well, it probably allows you to cut loose a little bit. Well, maybe so. Maybe that's the reason I don't have a lot of issues now. I I don't know. (laughs) Got all that frustration out. (laughs) Now, is it true that you're one of the most, if not the most, photographed zombie for The Walking Dead? I think I'm one of. I don't think that I am the most. I think that Bicycle Girl has probably seen more than myself. Um, but I am 
I am used a good bit worldwide. They, um, I was one of the promotional uh, model zombies for the show, and which sets me, me and those other seven people apart from the regular walkers on the show because they actually pulled us in for, for promotional photos. They liked my photos, and I've talked to several, um, like Fox International and SFX Magazine and all of them. They tell me how much they just love my photo. And so it just keeps getting used and used. And all, even up through season five right now, about two or three months ago, Spencer's had a shirt that had me on it. Not so sure. I've been on, yeah, I've been on posters, billboards, DVD covers worldwide. I've been inside of, I'm inside the special edition DVD here in the United States. Fox International used me on their posters. And I mean, it's just, I'm all over the place. It's pretty cool. We, we were just talking the other day. Um, we were looking at a picture of your zombie. I don't know if it was from a magazine cover or a DVD cover, but you by far were the creepiest zombie yeah, oh on yeah. there. I mean, it almost looked like your eyes were just totally gone. <laughs> oh, thank you. What's it feel like to be, uh, you know, one of the spokes zombies for the series being seen all over the world? Well, you know, it's a great honor, and I feel very blessed that, you know, AMC decided to use my image so much. Um, it's just a great honor, you know, and I, I still get giddy, you know, happy every time I see my image used on something, and I do a little happy dance. Like, the first time I saw it in the comic book issue number 75, there was only four of us listed with the cast photos, and I was one of those four. And when I went to the comic book store, I did a little happy dance because I was like, oh my God, that's me, that's me, you know? <laughs> so that that was pretty exciting. And the very first uh, magazine cover I was on was F SFX Magazine out of London in the UK. And that was pretty exciting to see yourself on a magazine cover, you know? And I've been on about 10 magazine covers, I think, total now. It, it's just surreal. I can imagine, that'd be awesome. How long does it typically take you to get in your zombie makeup? from start to finish? Well, um, it depends on the production, you know, how much, you know, how they want me made up for it. Um, like Zombieland, it was just to have the makeup done was two hours and two makeup artists. Wow. And yeah, Stephen Prouty and um, Andre Friedis did the makeup on that. And I've actually worked with Andre on The Walking Dead as well. He's a phenomenal um, makeup artist. And uh, Steve, Steve Proud, he was actually up for some sort of award last year. So uh, they're unbelievable. But they even hand-painted my teeth, which was really neat. And then you got to take into accountability, too. You have to put the contacts in. They have somebody that puts the eye contacts in for you because they're so expensive. And so once you get those in, you know, that's that can be a pain all in itself because they're depending if they're not sized right or if they are sized right depends on the comfort level and like on the walking dead it was hot a lot of times so there was times where they were rolling up in my eyes Ooh. yeah and then then you have gunk in your hair and then you've got you know long sleeve sweaters and stuff like that on and if you don't have the long sleeve sweaters on like on the movie sick people i just did with c thomas howell um they had to paint my arms and my legs and my feet and my neck and my face. And, and so it took probably about three hours or so to do that makeup. Um, and Toby Sales, his makeup crew is the one that did all that. And he's, he's a great artist as well. Do you usually get to see like concepts of what you'll look like before you get the makeup on? No, I don't. Um, I love sitting in front of the mirror and watching them like do their art on me. I feel like I'm their canvas. 
and I'm an artist myself so being able to see myself transform like that is phenomenally awesome and I it's just really neat to see where they're coming from on it you know I actually kind of call it zombie spa because I have so much done to me at one time for such a long period of time so now when you're playing a zombie where do you pull your inspiration from well you know it's I did a lot of research I watched a lot of zombie movies um, to see how other actors portrayed their zombie. I studied the death process, you know, and how injuries affect people, animals, how their movements are. I put all that into, you know, my acting to bring that zombie to life, per se. So there's a lot that goes into it, and you have to reach down in and, and pull it out and do it. You know, you just can't just walk and expect it to look real. You got to know how to make it look real to make it look scary. Right, you got to really right. dedicate to it. Yeah, you do. You really do. I don't think I could do it. What do you guys think? You'd be good zombies? Right now, I probably couldn't, but yeah, if I did a little bit of research and kind of. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Jeff? I might be able to pull it off in a crowd. <laughs> you can pull it out if you get drunk in a bar and walk out <laughs> I'd like to see Jeff drunk actually <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like working on The Walking Dead with all the cast and crew any uh, favorite memories or anything like that you know I have a lot of stories but you know it's kind of hard, hard to pinpoint any of them I, the best thing I can say is that I felt like everybody was one big family I enjoyed working with each and every um, cast member and crew member that I worked with. Uh, the stunt guys were great. I mean, it was just everything all the way down to casting was fantastic. So it's an experience I will never forget. Um, even on Zombieland, Zombieland was my favorite zombie role, by the way. And so it's just any of the sets I've worked on, I just enjoy acting. So when I have an opportunity to work with a name actor or be the big name actor, which I'm not quite there, but you know, trying to get there. It's a great experience being able to contribute and and uh, off each other. Zombie Land. How did you actually get that role? And then how did that transform into you making the training video for all the other zombies? Well, I had an audition. Um, the casting agency actually got me that audition. I'd been working with that casting agency for about five years. So um, they felt like I could do it. They knew I could dance, and I had a lot of dance skills and stuff, and they needed dancers, um, people that can move. And so I went in for my audition, and the director was extremely impre impressed with what I could do and my abilities. And so I landed the role of the lunchroom lady, which was a reoccurring role. But it was deleted from the film, so I'm not sure that when they do this Zombieland 2 if I'll be called back, but I'm hoping that I will. Um, but anyway, because he, the director was so impressed with my skills, he called me and three others in to develop a training video for all the zombie actors to watch to learn how to be zombies in his film. And part of that did make it to the Zombieland video DVD. And you can go to rule number three, skip over to rule number three in search of Zombieland, and you'll see me as me making faces. And Ben Armstrong from Netherworld Haunted House, which is very well known in Atlanta, Georgia, he was our instructor. And Reuben Fisher, the director, was part of this as well. So you see me sitting next to him at times and going over things and trying to figure out our strategy and what else we need to show people how to do, you know? Right. So it was, I would, I would love to have the full version of it, you know, because 
I would just love to see it. I, the pe all the zombie actors that watched it were very impressed with me. I had people coming up to me I didn't know. Um, I was on the movie uh, Ben 10 Alien Swarm, and uh, one of the um, one of the other actors kept staring at me, and I'm like, why is she looking at me? And she says, finally she came, she comes up to me and says, uh, um, you were in that Zombie Land training video, weren't you? I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she says, I think you're awesome. You were, you were just so great, you know. And so it was really neat to be able to um, get that feedback from another actor. So that was really cool. That would be awesome. Recognition. Oh yes, absolutely. Now you were saying that Zombie Land was your favorite uh, role as a zombie. What what about that role set it apart from The Walking Dead or any of your other zombie roles? Well, there was a trailer with a star on it. I got to hang out in. Um, the contact lenses were smaller, and I was only there six hours. Oh, so wow. I was able to get in, get out, and do my do my thing and eat and go home. So it was pretty cool. So were you, did you ever get a chance to be on set with, like, Bill Murray or Woody Harrelson or anything? Uh, Woody Harrelson was in the trailer behind me getting his makeup and hair done when I was getting my makeup and hair done. So I never had the opportunity to actually see him in person, but I didn't know he was there. Um, Abigail, she was there walking her dog when I came off set, and I was fully bloodied up, looking like a zombie, and she, I reached down and petted her dog, and I was like, hello, little doggy, you're so cute. Your dog's so cute, Abigail. This is just wonderful. Nice meeting you. And then I stand up, and I'm like, well, heck, she's not going to remember me for one, and that dog could have bit me. Yeah. So, you know, it just goes to prove that dogs look inside of people, not on the outside. So. Seriously. If only more people were that way, right? <laughs> now, you also have a book out called I Am Zombie, Hear Me Roar. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, basically, I talk about um, how I didn't realize that zombies were my forte. And I talk about some of my other roles and stuff. And then my next chapter is about the most asked questions by fans. You know, how long does the makeup process take? Um, what's your zombie plan of action? You know, what's your weapon of choice? Um, what do brains taste like? Well, they taste like <laughs> Um And then I have a section. I teach um, zombie workshops. I do about two or three a year. And... So I have my workshop booklet in there that includes a lot of my artwork of uh, zombies that I've drawn. And then there's also in the back of that, I have my fake blood recipe and a, and a homemade prosthetic recipe that I use. And then I have some promotional stuff here and there, just a few photos like of um, other things that I've been in behind the scenes like Prosper and All Hell's Evil and Road Trip 2. And um, just, you know, I just want to make sure that people are aware of other things that I've done other than zombie work. No, absolutely. I understand. Yeah, so it's more of a fan base, you know, got zombie guide. So what would you say outside of your zombie acting is your uh, favorite role you've played? Oh, you're going to laugh about this. I, my favorite role that I have portrayed is in a web series called The Lumber Baron of Jasper County. I play the role of Sam, and she's a dog trainer, but she's a redneck tomboy. 
And uh, the, the character is based on Ralph from Green Acres. So I wear my baseball cap on backwards, and I have some overalls on. Oh, wow. And uh, wife beat her up underneath that. And <laughs> I get taught like this all day long for that role. It is one of the best roles I have ever done. Sounds like a lot of fun, and you don't have to sit through two hours of makeup. No, it's it's it really is. It's a lot of fun. It's I've been on two seasons of that, season two and season three, and and you know just talking like a redneck is not too far fetched because my some of my family members are rednecks, so I was able to really jump into that role and have fun with it. I think we all have some of those family members uh, lingering in our tree somewhere, right? I don't know about Jeff being straight from California, but... Oh, there are rednecks in California. <laughs> yeah, they're There's rednecks though. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape the rednecks, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, you have some new happenings going on. Um, first, there was an international Blu-ray release of All Hallows Evil, Lord of the Harvest, which you played the role of Victoria. Can you tell us about that movie a little bit? What is so I call it a Halloween based film. It's got a lot of different monsters in it. You've got, you know, there's a zombie, there's a werewolf, there's a, you know, little demon running around. So uh, Luke Donaldson is in it. He was in The Walking Dead, and he's also been on Under the Dome. He is a talented young actor. I really adore him. He's really great. But anyway, I play the role of Victoria. She is a librarian, and I have a foster daughter. Well, my foster daughter was cleaning out the attic of the library and comes across a spell book. She's the only one that can see the writing on the pages. I'm not, I can't see it, you know, I don't have the capabilities of seeing nobody else, only a witch can. And she is a practicing witch. She was able to read the spells and promised us great fame and fortunes. So I went from hating and loving her in a split second and uh, so anyway, the adventure begins at that point, and uh, not long after that, I guess, is when everything else starts too. But it, it's it's a really I, I like the movie. It's really good. Um, the only complaint I've heard from people is they thought it was a little too long, but at the same time, they really really enjoyed it. It's it's a movie worth seeing. Enjoy long movies, personally. Yeah. And you get more details. Not, yeah. Nothing's rushed along. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that was what the the director and I have actually um, had conversations about that because, you know, I was like, man, you got, if we want to try to get this, you know, like on Redbox, we got to break it down. And he's like, well, he says, Sonia, if I take this out and that out, then it takes away from the story. He says, no, I want everybody to see the story and I want them to enjoy the story. And it makes sense. Um, it really does. It makes a lot of sense. And I see where he's coming from. So he can't cut it down too much. When you're an artist, you uh, you right. want to be a true representation of your your image, your vision. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. And the the original cut of it was like three hours and something, so we had to cut it down. So it's like two hours now. So. Ooh, wow, it's like a Star <laughs> yeah. Wars length yeah. horror movie. <laughs> now you also uh, were in an independent horror movie called Prosper, which just premiered October 14th. Is that correct? October 16th, and 16th, it had sorry. a nationwide release and um, all the studio movie grills nationwide. And so we we had a sold-out place uh, on the 16th when I went um, at the Duluth location in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, it's a good movie. It really is. But, you know, it had to be trimmed down in 90 minutes so it could be in theaters and also for international release. Um, so 
some of it's been taken away, but it's still a very good movie. I really enjoyed watching it. I've watched it twice now, and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed it. And it's a witch-based movie as well, and I play Victoria Studebaker in that one. So uh, maybe this is my year for Victoria's. Um, but I'm a. <laughs> I just have a couple of scenes in that one. It's you know I'm not like one of the main main characters, but we've all we've got a couple of people in there that you'll recognize when you see it. It's got Addie Miller in it. She played Little Girl Zombie on The Walking Dead. She had the teddy bear and the bunny slippers. Oh, okay. Yeah, and she plays one of my daughters. And the other person and name that you will recognize is Blake Cooper from Maze Runner. He plays Chuck. Oh, he no plays kidding. my son in the movie. You know, I'm looking at that trailer. I was like, some of these people look familiar, but I could not put my finger on it. Well, that's that's where I've seen mm-hmm. them. Yeah, and then Kennedy Bryce, she was in The Walking Dead as Molly um, at the prison. She um, plays the young witch. And, um, you know, so anyway, it's, it's got some names in there, you know, that's very recognizable. After the uh, premiere, I had a few people come up to me and they're like, oh my God, you didn't, t- I didn't know that Blake Cooper was in that movie. This is awesome. And right. I took a picture of the, of the theaters, you know, where they list the listings where they have all the movies and the times and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it was so coincidental. Maze Runner and Prosper were right next to each other. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, so I took a picture of that for Blake so he would have it for a scrapbook. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that'd make you feel on top of the world. I've got two movies so, yeah. playing right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the kid's awesome. I mean, I tell you, all the children actors that I have worked with have just been phenomenal. And I have to be honest, sometimes I'd rather work with the kid actors than some of the adults. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that completely. You know, I was really upset, and I forgot to tell you this, Jack. Um, when I was researching to, for this interview and reading about the Prosper premiere, now on top of premiering, it was in Georgia, right? Yes. And then in Ohio. Were, yes, it was in Columbus. Oh, thank you. Yep. Yeah, I, I, oh, I was so mad. I was like, <laughs> boy, that would have helped so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all good. And I just, oh, I just did a movie um, recently called Sprout. It's a science fiction movie. A high schooler, and I do a lot of guest speaking at local high schools, and I try to give back where I can. And this young man was uh, really eager about learning how to film and do all this, so he wrote a full feature, and it's a science fiction movie. It's about a um, girl that learns that she's got special powers, and I play her mother. And it's actually a very good, well-written film, and he was very organized. His name is Craig, and. He goes to Jackson County High School over in Jefferson, Georgia. Give him a big shout out right now. <laughs> and because um, he did a phenomenal job. He was very professional on set. It was one of the most professional sets I've ever worked on. But he chose this little redheaded boy to play my son. And I'll be darned, I could have just took him on home with me. <laughs> he looked like he could have really been my son. They did this some good natural. casting on that. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that real quick. The kids in that movie were great as well. And I look forward to seeing more from both of, from both of them. Very cool. Do you keep any like uh, skin patches or anything from your makeup as keepsakes after, your, after you finish your roles? No, um, they're, they're kind of worthless after they start taking them up and everything, you know, they start falling apart and stuff. So right, sure. when you, when you've had them on 16 hour days and, and <laughs> things like that, it's a little hard to, 
to keep those things. <laughs> Just you want to get it. as yeah. far away from it as possible by the time it's over. Yeah, let's burn them, you know? <laughs> well, our listeners can check out everything we've been talking about here with Sonya on ProfessionalZombie.com. And we want to thank you again, Sonya, for taking time out of your day to uh, spend the Halloween episode with us. Well, you're very welcome. Happy Halloween, everyone. You can also like me on Facebook. It's S Thompson 70 and uh, that was my birth year. Um, so I'm giving away my age. I don't normally do that. <laughs> um, and I'm also on um, Instagram, Red Sonia Thompson. And I'm also on Twitter, but I don't tweet much. I'll just tell you that right now. But it's Red Sonia 69. 70 was taken. So. Oh, gotcha. Fair Close people enough. have fun with that one anyway, Red Sonia 69. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again so much for being with us. And we'll put uh, links to your websites and uh, your movies on our website too, okay? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sonia. All right, and that was our interview with Sonia Thompson, just in time for Halloween. This has been a, this has been a very good Halloween episode. I've had mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Creepy stories all over the place. Uh, creepy video games. This year was better than last year's. Oh yeah, much. Now we got to top for next year. <laughs> oh, how can we top yeah, this? Bring set the bar up higher. <laughs> the, an actual zombie from Zombieland and Walking Dead. How are we going to top that? We'll have a sound. <laughs> yeah. We're going to perform an exorcism right here on the show. We'll play with the Ouija board right here on the show. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this year's Halloween episode. Uh, again, we hope you all enjoyed it. We are going to be taking next week off because we are tired people. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to go to our website and check out all the cool things we've talked about today. Uh, PLB's Halloween special book and uh, a link over to Sonia Thompson's webpage to find out a little bit more about her. Jack, what else do we have on the website? show recaps uh trailers um some videos stuff that we find that we talk about on the show video or photos that we talk about on the show the canned air video game store comic book store and movie store and the canned air comic book from the cincinnati comic expo this year very nice tons of stuff on there i mean keep our people uh keep our listeners entertained but i was on end contact us page send us an email Yes, please do. We'd love to hear from you folks. Don't be shy. Also, don't forget to stick around at the end of the episode. I'm going to tackle on that Cartoon Network commercial Jack mentioned earlier about <laughs> Solomon Grundy one pants stool. It's funnier than hell, so stick around. <laughs> uh, until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. But I'm Jack Doherty. And I'm Jeff Holcomb. Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Halloween. Jeff one pants too. Artis and Parapods. In a short while, the super... Uh, yes, Brainiac. I was wondering, Luthor, if I could perhaps get a pair of... What we need are a few items to help us in our perfect plan to stop the super friends. Cheetah, you have razor-sharp claws. Brainiac, your mind games are deadly. Scarecrow, you're, you're, you're made of straw. What more do you need? How about utility belt? What? Batman and Robin have them. Solomon Grundy want one, too. With utility belt, Bizarro will crush the super friends. Crush them! I want a magic lasso, Lex. Can I get a seahorse? I demand more toys!
Oh, enough of this! What do I look like? Santa Claus? We're wasting valuable time. Right now, my dream reverberator is changing the super friends into our slaves. Uh, excuse me. Brainiac, what is it? Look, I just want some pants. A decent pair of pants. <laughs> Solomon Grundy want pants too. Man, that was another great episode of Canned Air, huh, sure Timmy? Was. Let's go outside. Alright. Hey, kids. Oh my god, who's that? It's Creeper, the worst G.I. Joe character ever made. That's right. I heard you guys were going to go outside. Why don't you stay inside and go to www.cannedairpodcast.com where you can get some scoop on past episodes, see movie trailers, and go to the Canned Air game store, video store, and comic book store. Yay! With cannedairpodcast.com, we'll never have to go outside again. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. I'm a grown-up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days, being a grown-up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown-ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown-Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown-Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. Alright, I think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) Right.